So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have my friend Mike Hickman with us today. Listen to this if you are a leader, a CEO, an entrepreneur, a manager, six offices, 437 agents, number one in 21 different zip codes in Orange County, California for listing sold or buyer sold or buyer sales or volume, just a dominant company, sub 3 billion in volume, plus two escrow companies, a property management company, a lending JV, which is running another business, an insurance company, an NHD company, and two home warranty MSAs. Mike, some people would say you have a lot on your plate. Not really. Not really. We're going to have to unpack that. Okay. So first of all, how are you, my friend? I'm doing really good. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate, so, appreciate you asking me to be here. Of course, man. So yeah, uh, second time really on the show now, because you were in Dallas yeah. with us when we did that kind of crazy mastermind with a bunch of those rock stars mm-hmm. and you jumped in and dropped some listing attraction bombs. And you know, I have people still calling me about that. I love it. That have called me and said, can you share those scripts with me? I just got off the phone when I pulled in the parking lot with one from Montreal, Canada. See that two young guys. Yeah. For for the person listening right now, you're doing, you're doing lots of podcasts and video stuff. Everyone out there needs to be doing this because the reach is tremendous. It is tremendous. It really is. And it's useful too, because it just, it just, it, for them, it 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 rose some you know it brought some questions to the surface they really wanted to ask yeah. and ordinarily in a in front of an audience they would have never they yeah. would have never asked those questions yeah. and they shied away from them. But sure, we had a great conversation. I said, just I'm an open book. Ask me anything you want. Yeah, yeah. So it was great. It was really fun actually. Well, you may have just said that to the wrong guy because I have so many questions. Okay, go for today. it. So so give people some context though. Um, how long have you? Actually, how many businesses have you started before you started real estate? I started uh, one, two businesses as a young person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was it before real estate. That was it. What did you not do much. before? Um, you're not going to believe this one, Tom, but I was in college. Yes. And uh, I was on my way to law school. Yeah. And um, I was asked to uh, tour South America with a group of college baseball players. Yeah. And we did. And uh, um, as a result of that, um, I ended up being late back for law school because I wasn't getting emails. I mean, emails. I wasn't getting letters and yeah. mail yeah. down there. It just was not going to happen. So I couldn't start. So I was like, okay, what do I do now, right? Um, so I had a real estate license. I had acquired it one summer during college. Um, and so I went back and I said, why don't I just do some real estate? I'll do that for a while. Yeah. Okay. So I started by accident, like probably most people in this business. Sure. Sure. Not many people, it's been said, and, and now I think it's shifted. Mm-hmm. Certainly we've watched over the last decade, probably because of things like million dollar listing and sure. you know, the, the, just the success of agents. But a lot of people said for years, this is a second, third, fourth career. Sure. So did you start out as a first career? And then you said you started a couple other businesses. What were the- I started the businesses, businesses before that and actually yeah. got, you know, either they either closed down or sold them, whatever, gave them away, yeah. turned them over to somebody else before that. No, the, the real estate business itself, yeah. I started when I was 22. So yes. got into the business and by accident yeah. and uh, figured it would not last that long. I planned to go back to law school and, and pursue that career. Yeah. So- Did you? No, I didn't. I, I pursued a graduate degree eventually- 
um, about five years later, six years later, but not at that time. No. So, so when did you, and I say this with the most respect, have the audacity to buy a real estate company, to start a real estate company? At, w- at what point in your career did you it was, have the notion to become a broker? Well, you know, it, it was it's a windy road, and there's some luck in that involved in that, and there's yeah. um, some loyalty involved in that. The founders of Seven Gables, mm-hmm. I was not the founder of Seven yeah. Gables. They're wonderful people. Today, I just carry on the tradition. I think that they started, yeah. Um, and the the ability to lead that company now and sit in sit in that position is an honor that I I I kind of dreamed of, you know, at some yeah. point in the past. And yeah. um, there's some big shoes to fill, some really big right. shoes to fill, because these were bright people. They set the bar really high mm-hmm. on an education basis on a growth basis on standards basis and uh, and just the look of the company at that time was was pretty remarkable it was the first company in Orange County to ever run a full page ad believe that or not stupid stuff like that how first long, company in Orange County to, was that? that was back in the uh, 70s late 70s okay first company in Orange County to put pictures of homes in a um, in a newspaper ad Wow. I know, right? That's legendary. It, it is legendary. Because now that's so... It's a, it's a legacy of the company. Of course, yeah, right. Of course. I and mean, then we're way yes. past that now. Yeah. We're talking about things yeah. that back in those days seemed so hard to do. My yes. goodness. Yeah. Um, and so the look of the company was that. And the look of the company is all about storytelling about properties too, mm-hmm. which now we're reverting back to. But there came a time in between there and that dash in between mm-hmm. where people just said, here's a picture, here's the price, here's the address, or here's right. four bedrooms, bath, whatever. Whatever, yeah. whatever. Click here. Yeah, some yeah. little symbols for bathrooms and bedrooms, right? Yeah. But now yeah. it's back to storytelling. And that was really the forte. And that's how Seven Gables got to be known because the founder of the company, two, the two founders, he was ex- Ron Douglas, was exceptional at writing storytelling ads about properties. Mm-hmm. And it became legendary around Orange County. People would call from San Juan Capistrano and say, I just want to, I just, re- I just want to tell you, I read your ad for that property and it's spectacular. It's not full of BS. Like yeah. people would put in ads, you know, it was just terrible stuff, but it was, it was sophisticated. It was educated. It was at a higher level and contained information about the property. I know yeah. that sounds so basic now, but in those days, come on, think back. A lot of these people can't That's, even think back that far. They weren't sure, born yet. Right. Sure, but sure. you know, thinking back at that time, it was pretty sophisticated for the, for that era. So so give us the journey. Did you work for them as a sales agent, then become a manager? What was the career path? I, I, worked, I worked for them as a, a sales agent. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Um, I was a young guy. I was a single guy making a pretty good living at the time, making six figures in mm-hmm. my early 20s yep. after scooping ice cream at Thrifties in my uh, off season and playing baseball. Um, so it was... Uh, um, it was a, it was a great time, and I but I started to outgrow that because I felt like what I was doing was most of the people around the office. I started coaching, sure. managing, helping them with everything they sure. did, sure. and so I found kind of a niche that I enjoyed. And they said, well, "Why don't you open an office for us out in Anaheim Hills?" So I did. I started an office from scratch, recruited, 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 built it, built it, built it, and then about uh, eight years later, I had gone to graduate school in the interim. And I was starting to feel like, okay, I've outgrown this a little bit. Um, they came back, and, and unfortunately, as, as 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 you know, things would go. Uh, one of the founders, the wife, um, Bobby, um, came down with dementia oh. and Alzheimer's. Really, yeah. a sad time at a very yeah. young age. By the yeah. way, fifty-two years old. Yeah. I mean, come on, you're going to yeah. be, you know, you're not that far away from that age, yeah. right? Yeah. Think of that. And in five years, the doctor said in five years, she'll probably not live past that. And almost to the day, she passed away five years later. So during that time, it allowed me to grow into a general manager's role and to kind of take more of the reins of the company and take all that burden off Ron's hands that I never really planned to do. (laughs) I planned to go in a different direction, probably. 
And as a result of that, um, rose up to the level. I started an escrow company then, started a lending company. I said, there's other things we can do with this. And that's yeah. really turned me on and excited me about yeah. growing the company. Yeah. And then eventually became the president of the company and then finally the, the eventual um, majority stockholder in Seven Gables. Yeah. I have so, two other shareholders that are the son or the son and yeah. daughter of the founder yeah. of the company, and uh, they're great to work with, and so we have a good relationship. So it's quite a career path for someone listening right now. Who I was just talking with one of our clients, Becky Barrick, who's going to be speaking at the summit this year, okay. and she's like, "You know, if you would have told me at twenty, I would be where I am today, just turning forty, I would have thought you were insane, Tom." She's like, "But you kind of helped me predict." where it was going to be. So when you were young and in your 20s and selling and then going to management, the management general manager, did you did you see a clear career path to one day being CEO and and owner of the company? Like was there was there that target for you or were you just head down ball player focused? No, it was more than that I think. Tommy it was a, it's a big picture for you, yes, in some ways. Mm -hmm. But I think for me it was a case of um I knew I had the ability. Yeah. I just had to find the right time to exert that ability. Yeah. And I think that's what worked well for me. You know, in the end it was about I loved coaching, I loved watching people grow. Yeah. The success of people really kind of turned me on. I found out it wasn't it wasn't the sale that turned me on like some hunters in our business. Right. Right. It was other things that started to really ignite my passion yeah. and my growth and yeah. my mindset about growth. So, so, so we were talking about this before we started. How many recessions have you worked through now? Well, should we be in a recession? So let's assume that we may go into one. This would be number five. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's day 33. <laughs> it could be. Nobody's, <laughs> everybody's what, afraid to say the R word. I know. Like, let's not change the definition. Yeah, the definition is still two you know, quarters of the GB, G GDP go the wrong direction. That's right. We're in a recession. I don't care what anybody yeah, says. I, I Call it whatever you. you want. I agree with you. If you get offended by that, you need to, I don't know, read the definition of a recession. All right. So you've been through what? Mm -hmm. Four? Five? Four, four recessions. Yeah. Which one was the hardest? Uh, I think without a doubt, probably 2008. Yeah. But, but that really started in 2006. Yeah. I started noticing, because I, I keep track of a lot of information, yep. statistical data, yep. and I started noticing the months of inventory starting to increase at a rapid right. pace. Right. And so I did things like shut down our uh, mortgage banking line. Mm -hmm. I just felt like uh, loans were going in the wrong direction when people were getting loans that shouldn't be getting loans. Yep. Um, and the, uh, just the whole machination of loans and everything yeah. that was taking place. So we prepared a little bit. We started reducing expenses mm -hmm. um, and we started educating our agents more. And I knew that uh, one of my strengths was crisis management yeah. and being able to keep people afloat and talking to them and, and, and guiding them through what would be ultimately the, the Great Recession. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, I think the by without a doubt, and there was there was so much doubt in the air about people even being able to stay afloat in our industry. For sure, I mean it was ridiculous. Yeah. You know, people crying; they couldn't make their house payments. We had people coming in for loan modifications that were just beside themselves, losing their homes. It was really a tough and sad time. Yeah. So you're part marriage counselor, part social counselor, part psychologist, financial, financial, financial advisor, and, yeah. yeah, everything. So when you when you reflect back on that compared to, you know, many, many people you and I worked through that time. I was in 2006 running around the country selling people, get rid of your second home, get rid of mm -hmm. your second car, right? Save your cash, pay off all your, like just trying to, like, it was just so obvious, right? The word that I like is anticipation, mm -hmm. right? The, the thing I admire about you, and there's a lot of things I admire about, like in the work we get to do together, is your ability to anticipate and then the urgency to take action. Like you don't wait. You're like, okay, no. I'm going to cut expenses and you cut expenses. That's right. 
right? So, so maybe for the person listening that is, you know, d- doesn't have any many years around the sun, that maybe struggles with anticipating what's next, right? Mm-hmm. And then the urgency to act. What advice do you have? What do you look at? How do like, you don't read tea leaves. Like you've got some insight and some data. So yeah. what do you look at to anticipate? And how do you keep that urgency, that fire to keep taking action? It's called focus and execution. I focus on certain data points that tell me exactly what the market's doing. Mm-hmm. Not just in a lag, not, not just in a lag fashion, yeah. but in a lead fashion. Yeah. Because a lag fashion, it could be two, three, four months old. Right. We were talking about pricing, you know, all yeah. this year comps. and comps yeah. are 60, worthless. 90 days it doesn't cares. matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. What matters is the lead factor. So what is going on in the market at that point in time? Yep. I want to know about pended sales. I want to know where they're going. Yep. I want to know about months, you know, of inventory on the marketplace as of that day, mm-hmm. because that will tell me exactly where I need to go. Just as an example, there's right. so many other data points right. that I would look at that would indicate to me, um, okay, this is what is now trending, mm-hmm. not just one month, not just one off or two months off, but a trend that began to develop. Right. And if you even, if you're a visual person, plot it out. Right. Okay, plot right. it out on a graph, right. do something, but look at it, whatever you can see best that you can determine where you need to be at the next point in that journey for your company, for your team, for yep. your individual as an agent. Because so it's all see, there. See it's the all there. Plan. See the problem and plan. That's right. So what about the, I mean, you know, you and I know a lot of, uh, a lot of great CEOs, a lot of great yeah. leaders in this industry. I was yeah. just with Steve Zonian a couple of days ago, my dad, Wonderful right? Guy. And we were, we were talking about crazy. this, you know, all these crazy times, but I was reflecting <clears> on it this morning. I was thinking about, and I won't, I won't name names, but I was, I was working with a bunch of CEOs and it was, the group was bifurcated, right? A third of them, like, I don't want to say they put their head in the sand, right? But like they were like in slight denial. You with me? Like, no, this is, we're going to be fine. Like everything's going to be okay. We can do that later. Or I don't want to hurt anybody. I can't make those hard cuts. So they slowly bled and like two thirds of them just whack. Like they just knew immediately, I've got to take action. I've got to, I've got to write the ship. And if I don't, we're going to die. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like we're in that market now, right? but there's no doubt the smart owners today have trimmed the fat, you know, the third mm-hmm. assistant that, you know, of the assistant of the assistant probably yeah. is vulnerable. Transaction count is clearly going to be down, even though you guys are killing it this year, right? If you're a mortgage company, right? If you're a title company, you didn't need all those extra bodies because that was all the refi market. Sure. How do you get the execution done and, and get the drama and the emotion out of the way? First of all, I think you have to scenario plan. Scenario one, two, and three. Okay. Yep. Scenario one in, in, in our company involves no layoffs whatsoever. So we yep. started back in February of mm-hmm. this year, sensing that at some point, and I figured August, so I was off right. by a couple months. But yep. fortunately, we had already made those cuts. Yep. So we cut well into the six figures. It did not affect one employee. Yeah. Because in our company, the number one thing that makes us special is, is the people. Uh, when I start seeing companies with, with big time layoffs and things like that, and, and the real, um, I, I, was not, I was not gloating over Compass laying off people, for no. example. No. That's a terrible event. No. There's no gloating. But what it was was a signal that, okay, we've already done everything we need to do and we don't have to lay anybody off. Yeah. So it began to differentiate us yeah. because we anticipated yeah. and then we executed on it right away. Yep. And we had meetings on it with CFOs, with managers. What do we need? What do we not need? Yep. Where's the fat? I want you to dig deep and find it. Yep. And we just cut another $100,000 out just yeah. this past week. Yeah. So, I mean, that's our annual budget. We yep. cut that out of it. But still, that's a fair amount of money, right? Right. For a relatively small company like ours. Yeah. 
So I think, I think execution comes with how you deliver the message and the mindset of the company. So if just for the person listening, if, if you know, three steps, George Lawton and I literally, we started doing the same thing in February, okay. March, kind of around the same time. Like, let's just have a, you know, kind of what we know we should do because we've been running fat. The next step was, okay, this is going to be the deeper cut, but we never want to cut growth. We only want to cut like operational costs. Like, Correct. can we get rid of space? Like all the big energy Correct. and money sucks out of most businesses. And then the third one was, oh man, DEFCON 4, like we yeah. got to cut some people. Right. And, and like, that seems to be the norm. What was yours? What was, one was, you know, cut the soft stuff. What was two and three? Two and three were uh, step two or scenario two mm-hmm. would have been to look at our space yeah. because that's a, the major expense yeah. space and rent and payroll or, you know, or ownership right. and payroll, whatever right. you want to look at it. Those are our two major expenses. It would have been to sublease uh, one or two offices out. Yep. And then finally DEFCOM fourth, as you yeah. said, yeah. would have been to um, systematize a certain department in the company, which yep. would have allowed for three or four potential layoffs, yeah. which would, I think would pull us through. But in the meantime, <clears throat> in the meantime, I think what's important to know is that I told everybody and communicated to them what was happening happening. Right. So I had, I had people saying, coming, coming, you know, kind of funneling up the, the ladder a little bit saying, are, are we going to have layoffs? Are we going to, I'm yeah. buying a house, right. you know? Yeah, so I, safe? I think you got to get on, you got to get on the horn and say, look, yeah. we're, we're not having layoffs. This right. is what we're doing. Right. We're doing this first, we're doing this second, and we're mm-hmm. doing this third because yeah. our human capital is the most important thing we have in this company. That's yeah. what makes us different and special. Yeah. And I think, um, although everybody can say that, it's another thing to do it. Right. Okay. Right. And I think when times get a little, there's a crunch there, there's mm-hmm. some choppy waters. Yeah. Uh, I think that's when leadership really shows up. And my experience with that, back going back to, you know, the pandemic and, and dealing with that, it was a really interesting time for us to recruit people mm-hmm. because there's owners and brokers that just managers just, just I mean, they, they just disappeared. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Not to be seen. Yeah. And there are other people, you said, buried their head in the sand. And other people, very few people did what we did. And in that six-month time period, I had about 195, I counted, Zoom calls with our team every single day, yep. two times a day. Yep. And they still talk about that. Yes. You know, but yes. I feel like, what the hell? I owe it to these people to do that. Yeah. That's what leadership is about in crisis. In a time of need, that's when you should be there. And that's when people show up that are true leaders. I'm not saying I'm a true leader, but I'm saying that's what it should be. And that's what our, that's what a model should look like. Yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> it's hard to be a wartime general. Yeah, it is. Everybody looks good when like when everything is sailing yeah, and everybody's more. kicking out. I mean, the market, we even, even through the pandemic and yeah. you and I both know, like I'm very mindful to say, as good as that real estate market was for agents and really for consumers and homeowners, it was hard. I mean, I like I jokingly say, like, you had to wear a hazmat suit, like, you know, you had gloves and you know, it was one person in the house at all times, and everybody was freaked out because there was so much uncertainty. Like, it was hard. But now we're in this new market. And I would argue this is also hard. This is a different hard. So what I I'd love for you to talk about for a minute, like you've you've made some good moves to move the ball forward to like, even though we're clearly going to do less transactions, it's documented. NAR just came out and said 6.1 to 5.1, which you and I both know whether it's 5.2 or 5.3 or 5.0, that's a typical year. And 17, 18, 19, we're all great years in real estate, all about the same number of transactions, but you got to make some power moves. You got to push your people forward. So what are some of the things you're doing to get your agent as we make cuts and make adjustments? What are you doing to get the agents more active? 
Well, when I assess a situation, the first thing I look at is mindset. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I've got to lay the the context or the foundation for going forward with any kind of a strategy or anything. Right. And people talk about culture, but you really can't talk about that because it's a, you know, it's an intangible, you know, it's there, you feel it, but that doesn't cut it. It's really about a mindset that you have that permeates the entire company. Mm -hmm. And that mindset became a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. We can be scared and be fearful, Mm -hmm. but the one thing I knew I had to do was to be certain about the future. And certainty provides clarity and clarity takes away, usually at least minimizes fear. Right. When people know exactly where you're going, they'll follow you. But when they get fuzzy mm-hmm. and the story gets a little fuzzy, yep. it confuses people. And right. in a time of, uh, I don't want to say crisis, but in a time of uncertainty, yeah. they want they want to know where you're going with the company. Right. They want to know what's going on. And it became really clear to me what I had to do. So we talk about I talk about it continually as the chief repetition officer, the CRO. The chief repetition officer. <laughs> Stealing that. <laughs> hashtag. So I threw that in hashtag on Hashtag new title. I know, right? New title. <laughs> so so over communication, clearly, hey, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you have a large agent base, 437 agents, and, you know, your per-person productivity is like through the roof. Mm-hmm. Did you drive any competitions? Did you, did, like, t- tell me about the mastermind you're doing as an example. Well, you know, as obviously I get the, the ideas from working with you. Um, but more importantly than that is what started to take shape was I, I took people that I felt were on the same level, mm-hmm. okay, put them into mastermind groups, yep. and then led the mastermind groups myself. Bingo. Okay. And the reason but, I did but it- why? Yeah. What was the origin? Like, why did you- Because I got a million ideas. Yeah. You're right. But you locked in on something, and then you drove it. I drove it. So when they sat down mm-hmm. at in the in the room we were in, there was a book in front of them called Mindset. Yeah. Okay. And then I showed them what the book was about by illustrating different um, behaviors. Yeah. Different mindsets, what it's about, and why in this particular market we're in, mm-hmm. it's so important that your mindset. Yeah. I know it's going to float back and forth, right? Yeah. Between fixed and growth, fixed yep. and growth. Yep. But it's so important that you favor growth mindset. Yeah. It's really super important you do how that. Do you, how do you define it for the person listening right now? How do you, I mean, Dr. Carol Dweck's book I've talked about a million times. How do you define it? So when I talk about, I don't, I don't get into the technical terms. I'm not a sure. psychologist, right? Sure. Um, but what I can tell you is that it's incremental growth and learning over a sustained period of time. Yeah. Okay. Taking your job seriously and trying to get better at your craft. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not assuming that you're already there. Yep. It's not based on, oh, I was born with intelligence or I was born yeah. with certain behaviors yeah, yeah, or certain yeah. skills. It's yeah. not that. It's it's on the belief that you can take anything you have and grow and be better at what you're doing, and especially small incremental steps with it. Bingo. And that's how I coach people too. Versus the fixed mindset. The fixed mindset would say, I either have brains or I don't. Okay. Yeah. Johnny, you did a great job. You're the best. You're the best. You're the best. Mm-hmm. But then the process to get to the best begins to fade as people get older. That's what happens with, there's a, there's a portion of the book on parenting. Right. And it's so true. It's yeah. remarkably true yeah. about athletes like Michael Jordan, you know, cut from his high school basketball team, right. the greatest athlete of the, the 21st century of the yeah. 20th century. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, so I mean, my goodness, number one athlete, he yeah. was cut from his high school basketball team. Yeah. And his mother said, well, get your ass back to work, buddy, and yeah. go to work get and better. get better at what you do. Yeah. Every day you go out and get better at something that you're going to do. And lo and behold, I'm, the rest is history. We don't even have to talk yeah. about that. I mean, so you set this book in front of 
you did you did a couple of different cohorts of your agent population. Yeah, I did. I right? broke them into four different groups, right? Yeah. That I thought that it would be most similar that they would get the most out of it. Yeah. And plus they weren't in competition with one another. Okay. I think that's a key too. Yeah. Because we cover parts of Orange County where they yeah. could be, yeah. but I separated them out Good. so that they could share ideas, ask them to trust mm -hmm. and trust me yeah. that they would remain confidential. Yes. Okay, whatever we talk about stays here in this room, whatever, you know, whatever happens in Vegas. Yeah, or yeah, kind yeah, of a thing. yeah. You know what I'm talking or, about. Or in Tustin. Yeah, yeah in yeah. Tustin, wherever we were. We're in <laughs> Irvine or somewhere. But yeah, so um, I think that's really important. And yeah. they began to share. For sure. And when they began to share, then it was easy to facilitate it once right. we broke the ice. Right. And I think that's really important because we've got to get past this notion of being fearful what's in front of us. Yeah. Okay, and embrace the fact that change is progress. And progress means you get to change and get better at what you're doing. But mm -hmm. you have to up your game and your craft. Bingo. And there's ways to learn in it. There's ways with coaching. There's right. ways with reading. There's ways to just do some research online yeah. and get better at it. Yep. And then commit to it, right? Where could you go to get tuned up, to get your mindset right, to get an unlimited number of marketing and lead generation strategies to win even more listings? The answer, my friend, is obvious. The Success Summit in Dallas, August 23rd through the 25th. If you wanna be surrounded by thousands of like-minded individuals that are not buying into the noise, but instead staying mentally tough and most importantly, earning the money that they desire, then you need to join us. So to make your reservation, just go to tomferry.com forward slash summit. Make sure you put in the promo code SUMMIT15, that's SUMMIT15, to get 15% off your ticket. So make your reservation and let's get back to the show. So you're doing these masterminds and you're like think tanks, idea exchanges. Yeah. What did you see happening? Like maybe the person that's listening is managing an office right now and they're like, okay, I want to do that. Like what, what was the end result that you saw that you were like, oh, that was a good idea. I need to continue doing this. Give them a little future to live into. It was, it was really interesting because um, one group that had some top agents in it, these are hundred million plus a year people. Yeah said, I just want to have um, a balanced life. Right. They weren't about production. They were yeah. about more life yep. issues. So yep. the coaching and direction with that, for me, became more supportive than directive. Yes. Okay. So, and then there's another group that was like, I'm struggling with this and I'm, I might need some help in that. So it becomes How more directive. I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's lowering that and being on your, you know, on your feet. I mean, you have to make that decision right down yeah. there. Am yeah. I going to be more supportive, more directive with people? What direction am I going to take them in? Because yeah. most people have the answers themselves. Yes. You just got to pull it out of them. Right. Yeah. So that's what that became. And it's not a teaching moment. It's not an advice moment. Mm -hmm. It's a coaching moment, if yeah. you will. Right, yeah. it's a difference, as you know. You're the best in the world at it, so I, I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I have good mentors. <laughs> yeah, say that. You, you might say that. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, so let's go a different direction. Okay. How do you let go of control? Oh, that's hard. I mean, look at six offices, two, three, four, Here's five, how you do six, it. seven companies. Here's how you do it. It's really, it's really a simple formula. It's called trust. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a system and pattern of behavior that over time you learn to trust people mm -hmm. and you know what their values are. You know what they're but more important than their values, you know what their core beliefs are. Mm -hmm. OK. And do they align with yours? Not perfectly, but do they align in an overarching theme with yours? Yeah. So that if you turn the company over to them tomorrow, OK, would they do exactly what you wanted to do? Put their brand on it, their touch on it yeah. and maybe even improve it. Mm -hmm. So you have to have the confidence in the people around you that they can do that. Mike, there's you've so got to mentor many, them. There's so many people that just don't trust. 
Well, but that's, so, but you, you gave us all, like, well, you got to make sure that they're aligned with your values and then you guys have it. How do I make sure that they're aligned with my values? What if I don't even know what my values are? Well, if, you, if you're a CEO and don't know what your values are, you're in trouble. Okay. But just be honest. Yeah. And uh, my values are really clear. I wear them on my, you know, on my sleeve. They know exactly where I stand yep. all the time on things. Yep. And it's not a harsh thing. It's like, this is what we are. We're a growth minded, yep. yep. committed, career oriented company mm -hmm. that's compassionate for people. Yep. Yep. Today was a perfect example with Mark Davison. Yeah. Okay. Shout out Mark, to Mark said, shout out to Mark. Love that man. Of yeah. course, he's so brilliant. Yeah. I'm so fortunate to be around people like you and Mark and Mike Staver and so on and so forth. Yeah. God, it's amazing. So, but here, here's the deal. He said, Lisa, I want you, because we're talking about brand and yeah. promise and everything, yeah. right? He said, for example, I want you to fire me. Yeah. So he was an agent yeah. and she had to fire him. Okay. As an agent. Yes. And the way she did it, she goes, this is, un well, I'm not going to repeat what he said because you know, Mark, yeah. but he said, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. You just showed so much compassion that I felt like if I wanted to come back, I could, but it's really not the right place for me. Yeah. I know that sounds kind of cliche, but the way she did it. Mm -hmm. And then I had a conversation with an agent about congratulating them on their best year ever. Yeah. And where I went to with that was a place that was exactly like Lisa. So the, the values were aligned mm -hmm. and the belief system was aligned about compassion, about, hey, we're, we're showing compassion by firing you, basically, because yes. we're giving you, we're cutting you loose. Right. And nine times out of 10, people say, thank you. Yeah. When it's all done, right? Right. So, like, does Chris that answer Boss your question? Would, yeah. Well, Chris okay. Ross was like tactical empathy, and like, yeah. there's, there's a lot of like embedded skills empathy, sure. implied in all of that. So, so the question was, how do you let go of control? And I mean, I struggle with it. My wife struggles with it. I know you struggle with it. Yeah. And we surround ourselves with these brilliant people. Can we ever be CEO and get away from the business? No. I don't think you can, because no matter what I do, I can't let, let go of the control. Yeah. But the control is a different control, though. Yeah. I, I have to unpack that a little bit. The control that I used to have mm -hmm. was on daily operations and other things. The control yeah. now is on values, on yeah. core beliefs, yeah. and the vision of the company. Yeah. It's a different kind of control. Yeah. That I won't let go of. Yeah. And you can't, or no. most people can't no. either and won't, no. because that's really the guiding light for the company. So, so let's talk in the real estate business. There's certainly leading and lagging, uh, controllable measures. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what, what do you advise people? Like what, like what should be on their daily dashboard? As a CEO? Yeah. As CEO. Team leader, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, well, it, God, it kind of depends a little bit on your company. Sure. What, what how it was built and how it was formulated what the mm -hmm. culture of the company mm -hmm. is but i can only use our company as an example yeah. so here's what here's what that looks like on a daily dashboard for me how how many sides closed what is our, do our dollar volume mm -hmm. and i want to know the exact number of listings and the percentage of dollar volume to overall sales that were listings that sold and closed and the number of units that sold and closed that were listings mm -hmm. okay because that's critical to me because yep. that's our core service companies that include right. two as you mentioned two independent escrow companies mm -hmm. and natural hazard disclosure et cetera, et cetera. and those things are critical to our success as well just the way the industry is built these days and we need to move past that yep. and say and admit the fact that we have to have multiple businesses especially in southern california yeah, especially my here. goodness and everywhere if you yeah. want to have a profitable profitable business so so you're looking at at opens closes percentage of lists to buy side dollar volume associated to it i'm assuming company dollars and we would talk about company dollar gci and company know, dollar yeah. the, the across my dashboard it says yeah. gross sales you know yeah. and close then it goes company yeah. dollar then it goes um or sorry it goes gci then company dollar yeah 
in that order. Then I looked at listing sold. I looked at sales sides. Okay, what are we doing on the sales side? Mm -hmm. Okay, why is that? Why is that where it is? I need to know an answer for that. Yep. And what are we doing wrong in our lead yep. gen? Perhaps what are right. we doing wrong wrong with buyers? Mm -hmm. Do we need to improve on that? We know right. that the we know the industry is trending toward devaluating the buyer's agent, mm -hmm. but we need to buck that trend. Then, if right. everybody's going that direction, right. we need to go the other direction. Right. Improve the value. Exactly. Make the offer even better. Exactly. exactly. Okay, we could, I mean, certainly every team leader knows that you can also go top of funnel, all the different marketing, lead right, generation, right. leads, you know, right. middle of the funnel. Let's go a different direction. I actually, I wrote down all these questions for you, and I think I'm going to get through like maybe three of them. We're just having all kinds of other fun <laughs> it's okay. stuff. Um, one of the things that I, I've, I've, I've always been impressed, even though you and I really got to know each other in the middle of the pandemic, right? right. Ken Jenny, God rest his soul. Um, the thing that he told me that I then observed working with you is, You've done an amazing job, I would say like two parts, refreshing the company when it needs to be refreshed and maintaining relevance in the marketplace as a CEO and as a company. How do you do that? Well, I think there's you can, a... You could do two there because that's really two. Refresh wow, versus relevance. That's, that's, that is a lot. I mean, on a refresh mm -hmm. basis... Um, I have to I have to go back to past history a little bit, mm -hmm. and and when there's an overheated market like we're coming out of, yeah. there's no differentiation in the market. Bingo. You know, there's no differentiation. Bingo. All the brokers look alike. All the buyer and seller care about mm -hmm. is a selling for more money, and b can I buy the house? I yep. I want to stand in line and buy a house. Right. It's just that simple. Right. There's no differentiation. There's no skill differentiation. Mm -hmm. There's no value differentiation. There's no, for that matter, even integrity. If you want to go that low into the mm -hmm. weeds with differentiation. So what brands do, and for the most part, let's face it, most of the companies in this industry do the same things, right? right. We all know how we do it, what we do, but we don't know why we do it. Yeah. And when you can explain your why, as you know, with Simon Sinek, yeah. you get a you get an edge there. And yeah. that's, um, I sensed back in uh, February, when I first talked with Thousand Watt, for example, that we needed a refresh. Yeah. We're coming the, out of the this. Story. The, the story. story right. The story and messaging in today's world is different than it was three years ago. For sure. Pre-pandemic. Just look at what happened. We don't even need to discuss that yeah. because there's so many changes. Mm -hmm. You know, the urban sprawl, moving into suburban areas, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, the flight out of town. So um, I think from our standpoint, it was time for a refresh. And I tried to coordinate that with what I thought would be a downturn in the market mm -hmm. in August, because yeah. that's typically a very slow month for sales. Sure. And so I did. And here we are sitting in August and we're in, we're in the middle of doing that. Mm -hmm. So we executed perfectly on it. The thing is that it snuck up on us and that's okay. Yeah. It didn't affect us because yeah. we went into scenario planning on that and said, what's our next step to keep everybody mindset straight, mm -hmm. tell them what's coming yep. and have them look forward instead of just look down at what they're doing today. And as long as people can look forward and there's hope, I think, that there's changes coming that are beneficial for them, I think it makes a huge difference, huge yeah. difference in their mindset. So the question then is, how often? How I often mean, do you I refresh? Think I think there's, there's refresh versus there's doing something iconic, right? Like when, when Steve Jobs went from, you know, laptop or computer to the iPod to the iPhone to the iPad, you could argue that each one of those moves was iconic. He didn't have to launch another product over and over again, but he had yeah. to do those big iconic moves yeah. versus refresh. Now it's like every, what is it? 13, 14, 18 months, we're getting a new right. iPhone that has yeah. a little larger camera yeah. for $400 more. Like, you know, that's the refresh. How often do you have to do that iconic move to have your company be relevant in the marketplace? 
Well, it depends on the size of your company and some other factors, like how you can fast you can scale up. Yeah. But what I look for is a weakness in the marketplace. And everybody's talking about it. People that are sitting in my opinion, now is yeah. the time to grow. Now is the time yeah. that we can really yeah. show our value. But that's a bunch of Malarkey, okay? Yeah. I was going to say malarkey. something else. Malarkey. Right? Wow. I, I didn't malarkey. say bullshit, okay? <laughs> I like bullshit. That was bullshit. way better. Can yeah. I just say I that? I know you Write down bullshit, on, okay. Yes. It's a bunch of bullshits because you know what the bottom line is? Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to, very few people know how to execute on it. And what right. they're going to do is say, let's hire recruiters. Let's go out and just start cold calling people. Yeah. That doesn't work. Got to be a little more tactical. You got more that strategic. doesn't work for us. So yeah. I see this time as an iconic time yeah. because I think we can grow. We can yeah. absorb other companies. Yeah. We can consolidate in this industry. Yeah. And more importantly, I think we can take in the right people that are looking yeah. for change because their companies aren't delivering it. All I can do is look at their sales. I can look at their units. I can look at yeah. their volume and say something's wrong in that company. And there's several of them in Orange County like that. Yeah. Down 40%. In units sold, yeah. you would know these names. Yes, yeah. they're right here that's in Orange not, County. Yeah, and down thirty nine percent in in volume. Right. Right. They can't sustain themselves with the kind of rent they pay on the space where they're located. Right. So, let alone their commission splits, their commission splits, and everything else. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a disaster formula. So, formula for disaster, whatever. But the bottom line is that you have to anticipate that and know that mm-hmm. in a weak market, you know, like you said, on I saw that on your board. Strong agents. I'm sorry. Strong markets make weak agents. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the market right now. Strong, strong. Strong markets make weak companies, yeah. and weak weak markets make weak companies too. Yeah. And I think there's a great opportunity right now, really good opportunity. So, I'm just going to say I think everybody needs to look to do some form of refresh slash, maybe not iconic because iconic's a big word, but they better do something to make a splash about every 18 months. I think you're about right. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like we talked about before. Like it's, it's it's bricks, right? You're building your castle. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not adding another brick, you know, I'm adding Realtor.com now. Hey, I'm adding a new division over here. I'm going to open up a new office over there. I think if we're not doing that stuff about every 18 months, things get stale real fast. It, that stuff keeps us on our edge, and it's growth oriented. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I here's my thought on it, Tom, and I I don't know if anybody out there would agree with me or not, but I think that um, there's a time and a place to make that growth work. Yeah. And now is that time. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are, are going to talk about it, but very few people execute on it. Yeah. Um, so I, we'll see what happens. We'll see how that shakes out. Yeah. You know, in the in the long run. But I think now is the perfect time to do that. I really do. Isn't it funny? I'm starting to see that 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 old photo of the long line of critics. Yep. The small line I, of talkers and the really small line of doers. That's right. And it just feels like we're in one of those environments again. You've got to like, do it. You know, a lot You've of people do criticizing, it. a lot of people talking about it, small percentage of people doing it. Figure out a way to do it that's not going to cost you your company. Right. Okay. Right. But here's my question to yeah. all those people that are yeah. over here talking yeah. and, the, and the people that are, yeah, maybe I'll do it, yeah. maybe I won't. Yeah. What will happen if you don't do it? Bingo. It's a better question almost. What will happen if you don't do it? Yeah. Because you're going to get left in the dust. Yeah, because this this industry is changing all too rapidly. There's way too much money in this industry. Right. Hell, we're just a small little company. Yeah. You may yeah, four hundred thirty-seven. That's that's great, but we're still a small company yeah. compared to many. And so we've got to move fast. We've got to be nimble. We've got to be mm-hmm. on our feet, and we've got to take you know a little bit of risk here and there. Yeah. Calculated risk, albeit, yeah. but we still got to take risk to survive. Yeah. If we don't, we're going to get eaten up. It's just yeah. that simple. We can't stand by and let big companies with a lot of money. It's behind them. We know who we're talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's talk we, about- We can't lose $100 million in a quarter. <laughs> you can't edit that out, <laughs> not, not editing that out. Uh, but th- we all know, yes. You know, <laughs> hey, hey, it's all, you know, it's business. With that said, 
A lot of CEOs, um, myself included, I know you included, no. we, we both manage this in our own way, we're idea machines. So yeah. we have way more ideas than there is time, capacity, people, and projects to actually get executed. How do you control yourself and not just walk in every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and go, got an idea. What about this? Let's do that. Because you know that's like a lot of leaders, they're guilty of that, especially especially founders. And I've seen the same thing with people that take over the business. Yeah. You know, they want to put their stamp on it and sometimes too many stamps. I'm not guilty of it at all. I'm lying. I'm just I, kidding. I know, I know you're I'm lying, just being. But I'm just, I mean, just CEO to CEO. I, um, like, how have you, how you, do you do it? You know, I, I, I whoops. I have to tell you, I get a pretty good team behind me. Yeah. And they have, they have operation meetings once a week or once every two weeks, I think it is. And they'll take my ideas and kind of you know ransack them. Mm -hmm. They'll go through them. They'll look at them and they'll come back. No, nah, that won't work. Yeah. We, we can't scale up. We can't do that. We tested that. That won't work. Yep. But here's one good idea that came from that. Yeah. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to send that back to my team and say, you know, they keep me in line. I think that's it. Yeah. And my ideas, I think, like you, probably the weirdest, like the middle of the night, oh, I'll have to get up sure. and write down a damn for idea. Sure. It's like, for sure. Like, this is crazy. I'm sitting yeah. up in the dark with yeah. a computer on yes. at three o'clock in the morning writing yeah. ideas down, right? Yeah. Because something just came to you and it woke you up or something early in the morning when you're reading, right? Oh, and you've got to jot it down and then you send an email, right? Yeah. You know, here it is. What do you guys think? But did you learn? He's at it again. Yeah. Did you learn in your career or did your team, like my team just like, no. <laughs> they tell me no. no. That's right. And I'm like, K-N-O-W? They're like, N-O. No, N-O. No, right? Doesn't have like, a K in it. I have another idea. We should do another show. They're like, take a breather. Yeah. Right? Because right. we're, we're you know, entrepreneurs are idea machines. Yeah. That's, that's, that's our gift and our curse. Yes. But if you don't surround yourself with people that are willing to say no or not at this time or, or yeah. what do you want us to stop doing that we haven't finished that you were excited about 120 days ago mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, yeah. Right. Capacity, right. time, projects, people. I, I've given them How permission to it? say no. Yeah. I gave them permission to say no to me. Yeah. Look, I'm the one that's going to create these ideas because where I sit and who yeah. the people I have a chance to talk to and people I meet with, they're, they're idea machines too. Yeah. So when it starts gelling and things come out, you've got to expect right. me to come to you with ideas. It's your job to, to vet them and say, yep. nope, yes, no, we can't even talk about yep. that now. Yep. Like they've done with me this week. Right. I had a leadership right. retreat this week. They're like, no, we're not doing that. No, we're not putting that on the agenda. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finger waggle. Right. We, we were like this. <laughs> no, no, we're not doing that. Right. But isn't that empowering? I know for some for some leaders it drives them nuts, and for some entrepreneurs, it, I, I don't mind at all. Yeah, because they have really? they have a sense they're 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 on the I mean they're they have they're on the pulse of the business. Right, they know what's going on, and they all have good values. They're lined up. They're intelligent. Yep. super intelligent group of leadership people I have. Yeah, and that's that's what I love most about this. Besides the agents in the company and our yeah. team, yeah. Um, second most is is the leadership team we have. So they're not afraid to say no. They're yep. not afraid. I openly challenge them to criticize. Yeah, I don't. If you're going to say yes to every Thing, I don't want you to work here because yeah. we're never going to make any progress. Yeah. I can make some progress, but if eight of us all agree on something and we have a good idea, we're going to make a hell of a lot more progress than just one person. Okay. Unpack that because we see that a lot, like this iconic idea, you're super passionate about it, but I just fundamentally believe my, my experience has been if I don't either, if it's not their idea or I don't get consensus on the idea of buying in. Like we're all in this together, Pinky Promise, we're all gonna make it work. Because if one person in the flywheel doesn't mm -hmm. buy in, clunk, the whole thing stops. It does. How do you how do you get consensus when maybe three or four totally get it and love it and three or four, eh, 
They don't, they, they don't have the time. They can't put the energy on it. Like, how do you manage that? I'll tell you what, if I know the idea is 100% bulletproof, mm -hmm. I'll push it yeah. and say, this is what we're going to do. I respect your opinion. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you telling me no. You, don't have, you have a no, vote of no confidence. Yeah. But here's why. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you the evidence to support the claim of why it will succeed. Mm -hmm. Okay, and here it is. This is it. If you don't like it, I totally understand. But here's what I need from you. Yeah. I need you to buy in with me and at least do your part. Yeah. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But if you're wrong, I'm not going to even call you on it. And I'm never one of that person who goes, yeah. I told you so. Yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of some whiny little, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't do that. But it's, it's, a, it's a respect issue. Yeah. And it's an intelligence issue because we got an extremely intelligent group of people. Right. You know, that right. make up our leadership team. But I know we do that sometimes. Cliche. No, but we do sometimes. Basically, like sometimes that CEO intuition, you just got to go with you it. You got to go with it. Yeah. You have to go yeah. with your intuition. Yeah. Yeah. There's other times like, eh, okay, I get it. You're right. Yeah. That's no problem. Yeah. You're, you're fine just, with me. But there are times when I know for a fact, mm -hmm. okay, and there's one program, you know, that what I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention the name mm -hmm. on air, but there's yeah. a program coming out that we're beta testing. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. managers get trained on it tomorrow. And Good. the following week, our, um, some, we have some agents yeah. getting trained on it, Us right? Us too. Us too. Yeah. Okay. Now so he's like, like, what is this program? What is, what is this program? Secret? Why is he making such a big You'll deal of it? have to come back for the next show. Okay. Last question. Big, big question. This is the last question? Yes. Okay. I got. I actually got through the... Wow, that's pretty good. I think I did. I got through this one. I got through that one. We kind of covered those a bunch. Okay. Okay. But going forward, team leader right now, manager of an office, manager of a mortgage you know, branch, escrow company, yeah. an entrepreneur with a sales division that wants to grow, best advice to grow in this market? Ooh, that's a big question. Man. I know. It's a big question, Tom. I may have to give that some thought really quick because in order to process We're going to take that, a break from this podcast yeah, while I know, Mike no. thinks about this question. Oh, shush. <laughs> oh, shush. Okay, ready? Um, you know, if you want to... <clears throat> I think you have to look inwardly a little bit, yeah. okay? And you've got to look inward and say, where do I want to be in six months, a year? Because, yeah. look, this, whatever time period we're going through, mm -hmm. we're going to go through no matter what. Bingo. Right? But where are you going to be in three years, irregardless of that? Mm -hmm. Because if you do all the right things that are necessary in this business, that are all related to this business, mm -hmm. no matter if it's team lead, sales manager, broker, right. owner, doesn't matter. Right. If you do all the right things, you will succeed. Bingo. For all the right reasons. It doesn't matter what kind of market you're in. We all made it through 2008, 9. It was painful, yeah. but yeah. we made it, we made right? It. We made it through the pandemic. Painful, but mm -hmm. we made it because mm -hmm. we kept our eye on the ball. We did all the right things. Yep. Okay? And I'm going to go back to the, what I said earlier, Tom, too. If you're one of those leaders at the present time and you want to get from here to a year or three or five years from now, your vision has to be absolute clear. It has to be so clear with the clarity that everybody can march behind you. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be that leader that turns around and there's nobody behind you. And there's going to be a lot of people like that in the coming yep. days and weeks and months ahead. That's what I'm convinced of. Because I think there's, very, there's a big lack of leadership in this industry, big lack of managerial skills in this industry for sure. Yeah, I agree. It's so interesting. I actually, um, I don't know when it was, maybe a week or so ago, uh, I shot a piece of content and basically I said, look, I'm not an economist. But I can look at the numbers. I can go back 80 years and see every recession. The average one took four to nine months. Mm -hmm. And then the you know, emotional psychology of consumers took six months to 18 months to recover. Right. So that sounds like two years, right? So I just say to people, yeah. like, can you see beyond the pain of the moment, mm -hmm. the hardship of the moment, and remember that in two years, 
we're going to be back into a new normal market, hopefully sooner, but more than likely, maybe go three years and take the worst case scenario. But like getting people to understand in the totality of your life, the dash between the day that you're born and the day, this is a micro right. blip, this two to That's three right. years. That's right. Right? So could you, like we said, the gathering of the eagles, you know, to conversation, yeah. can you take your fist and drive them back into the mud That's and dirt right. and drag it for the next couple of years? Because that's what it's going to take. That's and when right. you come out of this on the other end, you're going to be really happy. And I, I, I hear you saying the same thing just differently. I'm saying the Perception same thing. Perception around, hey, it's going to take a couple of years, exactly. do it's the work. It's going to take a couple of years. I mean, there's this whole theory of whatever the Fed does, it doesn't really show up for 18 months. Right. Right. So if right. that's the case, then we're 18 months away from a little bit better time. So what are you going to do in that 18 month period? Bingo. What are you going to yeah. do yeah. to make yourself better, to save your brand, to save your yeah. team, to save your yes. individual sales right. records, whatever you're right. going to do? Yeah. Okay. Well, you better figure it out because now is the time, yeah. right? And and the refresh is in, in order for a lot of people. Yep. Differentiation. Yep. All the things that you talk about all the time. Tom. Loving on your agents. Yeah. Lo you know, bringing in new people, recruiting, loving on your teammates, right? Like it's funny at the gathering of the EU conference, I literally said to the group, okay, so what are you going to do? Just live off your savings? Yeah. Or, yeah. right? And you, I mean, you can see three or double your savings or, or like this is the time. Yeah. And if, hey, if you can just maintain your savings and not go into a deficit running a huge company, you're winning. You're winning, but that's you're going right. to come out of this so much stronger, and that's the I think that's the central theme we're saying here. I, I I agree with you, and it's like it's like everybody's well, the cream's going to rise in this kind of a market, but the problem is nobody knows how to make the cream rise <laughs> exactly. because they're they're got to drive it's it. It's such a skill that has not been practiced for yeah. so long. Yeah. Okay, that they don't know how to get in that process yeah. and make incremental improvements. Yeah. Have the mindset to do it and learn and grow. Yeah. And I think that's really where it, where it lies for most people. That's how they can improve the most. You rock, man. Oh, you this do. was super fun. This was super that fun. Was really Podcast fun to be number with you. two with Mike Hickman, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Man, stop. In, what a, what a in the dark to, room. What a, what a treasure to be with you. I really uh, appreciate it, man. I do appreciate and it. And all you do for everybody that's out there and all you do for us. I really, really yeah. appreciate that. Thank really you, come man. to know that and really love that about you. Appreciate it. And hey, to Ken Jenny. Ken thank Jenny. you for making that introduction. Absolutely. So as we wrap this up, um, if you want to reach out to Mike, uh, Mike, what like they can get you on Instagram. What's the, what's the best way for somebody just wants to reach out and say, Hey, you said something that was really insightful and I want to, like the guys from Montreal, like yeah. what's the best way for me to reach you? Phone number, email, probably the best. Give it to us. 714-397-4041. Said like an agent who said his number eight million 3974041. <laughs> trying to do Ken Jenny's voice. Exactly. <laughs> trying to do Ken but Jenny. wait, there's more. There's Call more. now. <laughs> Mike H at 7gables.com. Spelled it. out. Mike H at 7gables.com. Love it. Well, thank you for your contribution. And for my friend listening right now, uh, thank you for being the kind of leader that wants to get better because that's what this whole thing was about. That's what Mike's entire yeah. life and business mission has been about. So like and subscribe and do all that fun stuff. And if there's someone you know that needs to hear this message, right, send it to him. But make sure you send it to him like in a loving way, like this inspired me, not like, hey, you need to listen to this because that would be very cool. All right. Well, we appreciate you. We'll see you guys on the next show. Thanks, man. And thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thanks a lot. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.